So here's the thing. We're here, and this is a place... I mean, this is this is the, the quintessential L.A. experience, right? You've got the sign. I'm looking at the big H right now, and we're actually going down to it. Pat Morrison, <laughs> beloved city treasure, is... I, I don't even know what the word is. Repelling down this hill. Um, you're doing great, Pat. You're doing great. And it's this is a surreal moment right now. I mean, you can see the vastness of L.A. There's the skyline of downtown. There's Koreatown. We've got Mid-City and Mid-Wilshire. We've got Century City way over there. And if it weren't so smoggy today, we could probably even see the ocean. This is an amazing vista. Um, the Hollywood Reservoir right before us and the Hollywood sign right in front of us. This is a pinch me moment. KCRW, this is Greater LA. I'm Steve Chiatakis with the show that connects you to the people and places of Southern California. A century ago, when cinema was in its celluloid infancy and LA was a burgeoning West Coast real estate market, a group of developers said, let's advertise, and Eureka, Hollywood land, was born. It would be decades before they would drop the land part of the big sign where we are right now, and there's a whole story about the development itself that could fill an HGTV documentary. But we're not here for that, we're here about the sign. Every bit of the drama, every bit of the comedy, the deterioration, the second, third, fourth acts of this place. And with us right now at the Hollywood sign, our friend Pat Morrison, legendary columnist for the LA Times and our own Angelino historian. Hi, Pat. Hey, Steve. Thank you for coming. You brought cupcakes, by the way. I did, because with candles, because it's the birthday. We're not going to light them out of deference to dry stuff. Right. But here we are with candles, cupcakes, and the Hollywood sign. Jeff Zarinum is chairman of the Hollywood Sign Trust. He's also here, and he's showing us around. Hi, Jeff. Well, hi, Steve. Thank you for bringing us here. Well, thank you for coming up. We, well, or coming down. <laughs> or coming down, the, coming down the steep hill to the Hollywood sign. How did we get here? And, and that's metaphoric and literal. How did we get here? How did this sign get here? Well, it was originally built uh, as an advertisement to sell land exactly in Hollywood. So the Sherman Trust Company had bought this land area that below the Hollywood sign to sell lots so that people can build homes here in Hollywood. And if you can imagine, back in 1923, there was really nothing here. You know, the hillsides were bare, ready for development, and they were trying to attract people from far away so they needed some kind of attraction, an advertisement to attract people to come up here to see what's going on, to drive up here in their new, you know, in their Model Ts and Model As of the time. Uh, people were driving for the very first time in Los Angeles, so people were up and about. And and one of those, the idea that they had, which apparently was sketched on a napkin during a conversation dinner with the developers, is to build a big sign, light it up to attract people to their new development and which they had called Hollywood land. There were eventually about 450 lots were sold, but the sign was only meant to be uh, erected for about 18 months and then taken down, believe it or not. It was a temporary sign. It was it was a temporary so- sign. They thought they would sell all these lots within the 18 months or maybe two years, but these lots didn't sell that as quickly as they thought. So the sign lingered on and it was lit every night uh, from 1923 to 1933. And by by that time, 
the sign was getting old. Uh, they couldn't maintain the sign anymore. Uh, the, the wood was starting to rot. The electrical systems were starting to go bad. They didn't want to pay for a guy to constantly change these light bulbs that would go out every four to 500 hours. And there was about 3,700 of them. So it was a monumental task. And you can, you can appreciate how tall these letters are standing now at the base of the sign. Would you like to climb up there and change light bulbs? No, you're taking your, you know, you're taking your life into your own hands. So, that ended in 1933, basically because there was there was a lack of funding to continue that on. By 1949, uh, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce steps in and says, you know, we'll come in and we'll fix the sign because the city had actually disowned the sign. They weren't taking care of it. They hadn't spent a, a dime on it. And the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce spent their own funds to fix the sign with the covenant uh, that they could they were able to remove the land part of it. So from then on, from 1949 on, it was the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce which was maintaining the sign and has and has continued ever since. However, in 1978, when the sign was just on its last legs, could not be repaired anymore, and then and it was decided that a new superstructure had to be put in place, and uh, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce again stepped in with the help of uh, some famous uh, fundraisers, one of them being Hugh Hefner, Gene Autry, Andy Williams, Alice Cooper, they all donated f and a... And a it's quite a, a motley crew. A, I, I know, it's an, it's, an, it's an elected crew of people. Yeah. You would never think you would get them together in one room, but they did, and they, they came together at the, at the Playboy Mansion to raise about $270,000 for the Cha Hollywood Chamber of Commerce to erect this a new sign. Is this what we have here? That's what we have here. This is what we have right That's here. That's what we have here. Okay. So even even the mistakes. It's not wood anymore. It, it's it's not. No, the the superstructure is made out of uh, I beams, steel structure, and the and the caissons go down to bedrock so that, you know, not not all the earthquakes in the world can can bring it down. Uh, the rain can't bring it down. Mudslides can't bring it down. Only disaster movies can bring it down. Only disaster. Well, that's the that's that's what that's what the films are for, right? Pat Morrison, why why is this such a beloved monument in L.A.? It was a gimmick. It was a bunch of letters advertising a real estate development. How did I mean? How do you go from that to a fence and have, you know, rope to come down and, you know, all kinds of security and everything else. It's almost as protected as the crown jewels <laughs> in London. This is our crown jewel. But Steve, all of Los Angeles was a gimmick. This is a place that had no natural harbor. We had a river that was there sometimes and sometimes it wasn't. And yet we turned it by force of will, by gimmicks, if you will, into this magnificent city, the second biggest in the country, one of the most popular destinations in the world. So to use our imagination and kind of paint literally on the landscape, in this case, the very special paint that they use for the Hollywood sign, to paint our imagination, planting it in the ground and say, this is who we are, this is what we do. And this, is, this sign has become like the Blarney Stone. People want to get close to it and touch it and think it has a magical quality that will will make them part of it. And it's so funny to me, the fact that, you know, this is sort of emblematic, right, of, of Hollywood itself, the glitz and Tinseltown and all of that. Yet, a lot of the studios weren't even here. Like, you know, maybe Paramount, right, on Melrose, or you've got, you've got uh, Warner in Burbank, you've got MGM over in Culver City. Warner opened the same year that the Hollywood sign 
went up. Columbia Pictures took its name the same year the Hollywood sign went up. And Hollywood was, as you know, a latecomer in the movies because they were filming in Edendale. That's where Max Sennett had his studios. Yeah. Max Sennett used to own this property. Howard Hughes used to own this piece of property. He was going to build a palace for Ginger Rogers, but she saw the writing on the wall and the Kleenex on the feet, and she got the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Max Sennett owned the property where you see the antenna right now, and he had actually built a... Uh, he wanted to build a home, a home up there for his wife, and the story goes is that his, his, his wife didn't... Afraid of heights, I think it was another story, why they, he sold, eventually sold it. Then he sold it to Don Lee, who built the very first television station up here, which even had a, t a swimming pool. Did you know that, Pat? I did, for, yeah. the, for the people who were working up here. For the people that were working up, but also for the, for the sets, I guess, for the television shows. But that's, that's why it's named uh, Mount Lee. It was Mount after Lee. Don Lee because he had his, his television studio up there. But, uh, you know, Pat's right. I mean, uh, Warner Brothers started in 1923, but another baby studio, yeah. Disney started in 1923 on, on, uh, on Kingswell, right, right uh, just, just off of Vermont. You wrote about it, Pat, um, in your column that, that a lot of things are turning 100 this year, among those things that we just mentioned, right? Um, the Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, El Cholo, the restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, Amy Semple McPherson's Foursquare, temple in Echo Park. It was a like a year of the Big Bang in Los Angeles. So many things that we live with now got their start right there. And here we are standing next to one of the biggest of them. Right. Yeah. Will, will this sign be here 100 years from now? How can, how can it not be here, right? And as long as the Hollywood Sign Trust is here to maintain and gets funded to maintain this beautiful sign, I think it'll last another 100 years for sure. Jeff Zarin, I'm chairman of the Hollywood Sign Trust, who's been showing us around here at the Hollywood Sign. Pat Morrison, our Angelino treasurer, columnist for the LA Times, um, and obviously an historian who knows so much about this kind of stuff. Pat, thank you for trekking down and going down with a rope. We all had to do it. Steve, I will follow you anywhere and climb anywhere. <laughs> Pat brought cupcakes, by the way. Oh, I love cupcakes. Because, well, because it's the birthday, and yeah. she wanted to sing happy birthday to the sign. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Hollywood, Hollywood sign. Happy birthday to you. Introducing the KCRW Donation Car, designed to be recycled. This first-of-its-kind vehicle will save you time, space, and hassle by disappearing. Enjoy the luxury and comfort of turning your underused car into a donation worth hundreds, even thousands of dollars. The KCRW Donation Car, already in your garage, driveway, or on cinder blocks outside your house. Act now at kcrw.com cars. Well, one thing we learned from Jeff at the Hollywood Sun Trust that we didn't know going in was that rock legend Alice Cooper was behind the movement to bring back the sign in the 1970s, along with other famous folks, Gene Autry and Hugh Hefner. Quite a mixed bag there, of course. So we reached out to see how it all happened, and now we have the honor of Alice Cooper on the line to talk more about it. Thanks so much for coming on. 
Uh, so thanks, Steve. Uh, you know, we li- we lived. We, the band was from Arizona, but we lived in L.A. And I was always such a big fan of the old Hollywood stars, you know. And I literally became best friends with Groucho Marx. And when he passed away, it was uh, the seventy fifth anniversary of. Um, uh, I guess Hollywood, and uh, the sign was falling off the hill. Basically, <laughs> it was you know I mean it looked like uh, something you know in an apocalyptic movie, and uh, we went to the Chamber of Commerce and I just said, "How much is each one of these letters?" And they said, "Well, it's twenty six thousand dollars, twenty seven thousand dollars." And I said, "Well, I'm going to buy the first O for Groucho." <laughs> And, you know, that's really, I said, at least when people look at the first O up there, they'll think of Groucho. So, I mean, we had a press conference. We did the whole thing. I took an O out of my name. So I was Alice Copper for a while uh, <laughs> until they got the O up there. And and then it, it just caught on. <laughs> then, you know, Gene Autry bought one and you Hefner bought one. And there it was. It was, it was all done. But, yeah, it was nice to, you know, to, just to, for the pressing on that, that when people looked at the sign, they would think of Groucho. I wasn't expecting them to think about Alice Cooper. You know, Groucho was the guy that, that was one of the guys that made Hollywood. <laughs> how, how did, so it was it was Hugh Hefner who got everybody sort of assembled? No, I mean, honestly, we did the very first one. I don't know what happened after that. I think it, we embarrassed people into uh, getting, the, you know, I, uh, after we bought the first one, then, then that's when it, it, sort of the domino effect happened. Did you talk to anybody else about, you know, Gene Autry, Andy Williams, Les Kelly, these other folks who, no, who helped? No, we didn't. You didn't. We really, I don't remember ever talking to anybody, but I think just the fact that that made the press and those people read it and they went, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I make all my money here in, in Hollywood. We should buy one of the letters. And, uh, and that's really how it got done. What did it mean to you then? And what does it mean to you now? Do you take a look at that O and are like just beaming with pride? Well, yeah, I, you know, it was a kid from Arizona. And, you know, when you thought of the Hollywood sign, it was that fantasy of Hollywood, you know, that great, uh, everybody wanted to go to Hollywood and become a star, you know. Uh, well, we didn't do it in the movies, you know, we did it in rock and roll. But still, it was just, I, I just always felt a responsibility towards the Fred Astaire's and the Errol Flynn's and the all those people that did those great movies that, you know, I lived on and that we had an opportunity to actually do something about it. Shep, my, my manager and I been together 53 years now. And uh, that's just the way he thought also, you know, and Groucho was, you know, <laughs> Groucho came to one of our shows. Did he really? And he saw it as vaudeville, you know, I mean, because he was a vaudeville guy. So I would, we'd be doing a show and I'd look into the, the wings on the side and there would be Groucho and George Burns and Jack Benny. And then the next time I looked over on the other side and there's Mae West and, you know, he would bring all the vaudeville people to see the show. And they weren't shocked in the least bit about what we were doing. 
You know, George Burns would go, yeah, Gracie and I, back in uh, 23, we uh, we used to guillotine like that on stage. You know, all these great characters. I, I can't you believe know. Alice Cooper on KCRW is doing an impression of George Burns right now, which I think is <laughs> could be some sort of historic thing on, on the radio. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it was to me, it was the greatest thing in the world to, to see those people that really liked their show. Our show was sort of a... Hell's a poppin', you know, kind of thing. And and the audience was shocked, but those people weren't at all, you know. And then when when Salvador Dali came and saw the show, he of course thought, well, it's it's surrealism, you know. And uh <laughs> what a melting like a, a melting clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we, we yeah, with 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 Dali, everything was about Dali. Right. You know, that was amazing how people saw the show. They all saw it the way they wanted to see it. I mean, you're not Mr. Nice Guy, right? That's your image. Right. With the makeup and well, the Alice long hair. Isn't. I mean, come on, you know, and, and all of a sudden you're like, you're doing this great thing for, for L.A. You know, I was the scourge of rock and roll. You know, I was the I was the character. They were burning my albums on the 700 Club. And, uh, you know, I, I was the cause of the Vietnam War, apparently. And, <laughs> and everything else, everything they could possibly, you know. I was the scapegoat for all of those things. That's quite a burden really, to bear. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, it fell right in because as, as long as the parents hated us, the kids were going to love us. Yeah. You know, and and the funny thing was, was I came from a very Christian background. You know, there was nothing satanic in our show. There was no nudity in the show. It's just that people didn't know how to define us. So they went satanic. It's satanic. Are you still carrying on this quote unquote vaudeville? tradition oh absolutely yeah our show now is more insane than ever you know we in fact we have 150 cities coming up wow uh, and i'm 75 now but i've never been in better shape so you know to me 150 cities is just another tour yeah do you get special carte blanche like when you come back to la do you do, do the hollywood sign people say all right mr copper here's your o we're gonna come we're gonna take you to the o <laughs> well it was the funniest thing. I picked up Vanity Fair and they were talking about the Hollywood sign and they were saying, well, you Hefner did the whole thing. And I went, wait a minute. And then I went, ah, who cares? You know, I, I, I know the, the O got done because of Groucho. And, yeah. you know, to me, I, I can't help from looking at it and still kind of going, yep. Uh-huh. 1977. <laughs> did you ever make a song about it? I never have. No, I never did. If you wanted to sing maybe a little happy birthday to the Hollywood sign, we, we wouldn't stop you. Okay, okay. Here, you here it? it is. All right. I wrote the song in just a minute. And Hollywood sign, you're in it. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. I, <laughs> <laughs> Alice Cooper, rock and roll legend. Alice, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking with us today. Thanks a lot, Steve.
Well, over the years, there have been plenty of stunts and pranks that included the Hollywood sign. When the Rams won the Super Bowl back in 2022, the celebration included covering each letter of the sign to read Rams House. Except, of course, you couldn't read it very well. But anyway, a few years before that, on New Year's Day 2017, there was this. In Hollywood, a shocking sight. Overnight, the iconic 45-foot-tall Hollywood sign altered to read Hollyweed. That makes you wonder, first of all, how they did it. Marijuana enthusiasts pulling the same prank on New Year's Day in 1976. Well, I kind of like the traditional sign, but, you know, it's just kind of cool being here at the moment. Now, a report from ABC News. And who better to go to than the man who pulled off that stunt, artist Zach Fernandez, who's with us right now. Welcome, Zach. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. What inspired you to change the sign to Hollyweed? So you took the two O's and made them E's, right? Flipped the O's to E's, that's correct. So I guess let's take us back to 2016. We were kind of in a political turmoil. And, you know, coming into 2017, there was a light there that was in the legalization of marijuana in California. And so on my social media, on Instagram, one of my buddies, Michael Ray, he posted a sign and it said Hollyweed. And so I did a little bit of digging and I saw 1976, Daniel Feingood, uh, and some buddies changed the sign uh, to signify the decriminalization of cannabis in California. So I thought, there's my sign, that I need to change the sign to say Hollyweed. Well, it's it's closed. Obviously, the sign is closed to the public. There's a, There's a big gate. You can go behind it and above it, right, like we did. But there is a gate, and we and by the way, Zach, we went through that gate legally. How did you get to the sign? So what I did was I went up Beechwood, and there was a security guard shack guarding the gate at the top of Beechwood, and I went, okay, well, he's there. And so I go up and, you know, scout it out, da-da-da-da, and two weeks later I come back at 1 in the morning, and I get dropped off at that gate, and the guard shack is there, no guard. And this is New Year's Eve, and I'm like, okay, well, it's probably because he said, I'm going to go celebrate. This is perfect. This is divine. And so hopped the gate. I got my backpack on. I got a duffel bag. I got the sheets rolled up, the fabric rolled up in a way to where I just hold it out in front of the letter and let it drop, and I could drape it across, you know, and, like, shimmy my way across the letter. And so I get up there. There's security cameras everywhere. There's a two-way speaker going, and you could hear it. Like, I'm waiting any minute for somebody to come on there and say, yo, you're trespassing, we're going to come up, we're going to send a chopper if you don't leave, yada, yada, yada. So yeah, I get up there and I drop like one of my straps. Uh, I, I was initially tied on to the letter and I realized this is just going to slow me down. And so I was just free hanging like King Kong. <laughs> and, uh, and so I got the first letter done and then I get over to the second letter. When I went to go do the last part of the letter, uh, the, the brown part that the create the negative space for the lowercase e, I couldn't reach it. So I had to use that strap, tie it to the bottom, climb down, and like, luckily I'm like 6'3", and I was able to reach. My reach was just enough. I don't think anybody else could have done it. And, um, yeah, I mean, aside for Daniel Feingold. <laughs> you, you did the deed, and then everybody saw the deed on New Year's Day 2017, and then the police got involved and wanted to find out who did that deed. But you eluded capture, right? But then you started doing interviews because you wanted you wanted the notoriety for it. So I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get into your head here, Zach. What's going on in that head of yours? 
on the on two of the sheets i like wrote you know tribute to to mr Finegood, and then on another one i wrote my my instagram handle and then like my phone started blowing up after after the deed and it was the cops and they were going to my ex-wife saying they're gonna go we're gonna show up at your work if you don't come and tell us everything that happened and so meanwhile like you said i'm doing these interviews and i'm just on the lam and doing an interview with vice in hollywood lake park and you know, there's rangers driving by, and I'm like, ooh, this is, like, getting dicey. But, uh, you know, I was living. You did, you did turn yourself in, and you got in, you got in trouble. What, what was that like? And did you, did you go to jail? Did you serve any time? So here's, here, here's how it worked out. I uh, show up on a Monday morning, the Hollywood Division uh, uh, Police Department, walk in there. The guy checking me and says, what are you here for? Da, 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 da. I explained to him. He laughs. He thinks it's great. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And he goes and he tells the detective, I'm going to go see it. Can you, oh, the guy who changed the sign is in here. And the, the detective was so pissed. He was so mad. And so Detective Ramirez, he booked me, booked me with, uh, he wrote me a ticket for trespassing and then said, okay, we'll see you in court in a year. And then I was able to walk out. Uh, and then I never saw him again. Zach Fernandez, the artist behind the 2017 Hollyweed sign. Zach, thanks for coming on. Tell him your story, man. Hey, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Wow, that brings back so many memories. What a what a great time at the Hollywood sign celebrating its 100-year anniversary. Can you believe it? Tomorrow, if I asked you where the freshest shrimp in L.A. is, would you guess Downey? We're going to hear about all the black bears hanging out in Sierra Madre. Some folks enjoy them, some folks not so much. And the pros and cons of putting your cat on a leash and taking it for a walk. Yes, you can do that. It's all yours on Greater LA Tomorrow. Of course, we're online anytime at kcrw.com slash GLA. You can listen to any of our shows whenever you're in the mood. And not only that, you can reach out and share your thoughts about the show. We'd love to hear any ideas you have and grab the podcast too. kcrw.com slash GLA. And happy holidays to you. Juliana Mayo, Zoe Matthews, Zeke Reed, Phil Richards, Ray Guarna, Amy Ta, Carlos Ramirez, Jocelyn Rohrbach, Mike Vogel, and Christian Bordall. All help put the show together today. I'm Steve Chiotakis. Have a great day.